It's time for the Model 3 Owners Club podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page. Sorry for that short intro. I pressed the wrong button, but that's okay. We'll just get on with things. Oh boy, what a week. Man alive. We've got so much to talk about. It's it's just crazy. Uh, Elon went on another tweet storm this week. Uh, we got so much to talk about, so let's just dive in here. Uh, I want to bring up my two guests as usual. I have Ian Pavelko from Montreal. Say hi Hello. to everybody, Ian. How are you? I look, I look frozen, frozen, Trevor. Yeah, you, you look frozen. I wonder what happened there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's always the it's always the usual things that are going on as we uh, as we do things as we troubleshoot here. Oh my gosh, um, let me just bring up the uh, the stream here. Is what's going on here? Uh, you know, Google Chrome at times is can be a little bit frustrating. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll just bring you back. There you are, Ian. We're live. Everything hey! is good. <laughs> Thanks for joining hi, us as hi. usual. And also as our friend uh, Michael Bodner in Florida. Say hi to everybody, Mike. Good, Good evening, everyone. everyone. Well, let's uh wow. I mean, you guys have been following along here what's been going on this week. It's just it's just crazy. So um yeah, let's get into this here. So uh the first thing before we get into the real meat and potatoes of some of the Model 3 stuff, um you know, some stuff that actually came out. Um, uh, Tesla is going to be introducing uh, some new premium data services. So as of July 1st, anybody who's buying a new car can now expect a um, $100 per year uh, uh, service fee for some of the uh, the data services that they're going forward. Um, of course, people that bought prior, of course, are, are grandfathered in, including all the S's and X's and, of course, all the threes at that point. So it looks like they're breaking out some of the um, some of the navigation features. So you have basic navigations, but it looks like the traffic-aware um, things that are going on are going to be extra. Um, I, I don't think at the end of the day, a hundred bucks is that big of a deal. I mean, I used to have a car that had an OEM navigation system, and their updates on a yearly basis were at least one hundred and fifty dollars. And uh, I know some others are, are, are quite a bit more. Anybody have any experience with those? Uh, like Ian, you had an A, you had an uh, Audi A four before. Did you have navigation in that? No, the, no, the A4 navigation, navigation, but my, uh, my, uh, my Volt, Volt does, does. and uh, yeah, yeah, you're right, right. Um, it, it's, it's around 120 bucks for the, the GM, GM update, which, which I didn't bother, bother with because you know, around, around town, town I normally just run, run uh, ways. Um, but yeah, but yeah that's, that's, that's kind of the going rate right for most of the updates, updes. and the other thing too is, you know, we're not talking about the music aspect, depending on how lazy I am, I don't, I don't often call Sirius XM, XM to give them up on a deal. deal. You know, like, like, <laughs> like a killer deal, I'm paying about that. I'm paying about $8 or $10 a month, and that's on crazy, like, like holding under, under their head plan. Normally, it's around 20 bucks a month just for the music I'm listening to. So you know what? If we're coming in at $8 a month to have fully updated nav and music streaming, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a big deal at all. I mean, you know, 100 bucks. I mean, you're spending, what, 60000 bucks on a car? What's 100 bucks? I mean, you know, compared to the other. Mike, have you have you had any experience? with any previous cars navigation or any um type of yeah they had to do before yeah, yeah i do have a couple of thoughts, thoughts on this, this. Uh, uh i had a hyundai sonata, sonata before. before so, so navigation, navigation was included but if you wanted live traffic you needed sirius xm satellite, satellite radio you needed a certain package, package level that was roughly 20 bucks a month if i recall and if you wanted the app to remote start the car or do any kind of Somewhat okay thing, certainly not as good as how Tesla does it. That was another two hundred dollars a year. So really, yeah, four hundred forty dollars a year to have what Tesla's giving you for free, or at worst a hundred dollars a year. And I'd compare it to my Apple Watch. I pay about thirteen dollars a month for internet service on my Apple Watch. It basically does nothing. Uh, this is a great deal, eight thirty three a month. Is you have the you have the GPS version? Is that why that costs you extra? The Series Three with the uh, 
the data plan so you could uh, use it without the phone. Right. Okay. I was actually thinking about I've got a Series 1 here, and I was actually thinking about uh, upgrading to a Series 3, but, you know, I don't I don't need the cellular thing. I got my phone, so it's good to know <laughs> not to be spending that kind of yeah. money. I'm, I'm kind of the same way with some of the services in the car. I mean, you can pay for um, uh, for Slacker, but, you know, I listen to podcasts and audiobooks in my car. So I just can't bring myself um, to pay the extra. I know some people like a Sirius XM because, you know, there's some stuff on there, of course. Um, but that's, I mean, I had three months of Sirius XM when I had my Lincoln. And, you know, they begged and pleaded with me to, to pay for it. And I just said, no, nah, nah, it's just not happening. <laughs> just wasn't my thing. So, yeah, I, I think overall, um, you know, 100 bucks a year, pretty good deal for what you're getting. Uh, I mean, that doesn't preclude the fact you're still getting your software updates. Of course, now the software update that just came on the on the uh, cards that's spreading out, uh, 2018.24, now gives you Wi-Fi. So at least in your garage or whatever, you can still plug into Wi-Fi to get updates and listen to music and whatever else you want to do. So I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, obviously, with the news that's been going around, it hasn't, uh, it hasn't ruffled too many feathers, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, let's not beat a dead horse. Move on to the next one. This is the big one, um, <laughs> the dash cam. Now, Elon tweeted. That's the big one? That's the, well, you know, there's more coming. <laughs> but right now, <laughs> as far as, you know, the, some of the uh, features that uh, Elon's been tweeting about, because somebody pinged him again. Look, what's the, what's the deal with the dash cam? Uh, because I think it was August of last year, Elon said that, yeah, it's kind of a feature we'll add in there. And um, Elon said that looks like it's probably, hopefully, he said, hopefully. Now, you got to put that in quotes because this is Elon time we're talking about here. Um, he said possibly in August of this year. So something to look forward to. Of course, most of the updates in uh, uh, version 9 is for the user interface for the autopilot. So it'll be interesting what they do there. Um, do any of you have an, um, uh, a dash cam in your cars? I was, I was getting, getting really close to installing one. one. Uh, I, 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 I held off. Now, now I'm definitely going to hold off and see, see, see what happens. happens. I, was I was quick, quick to retweet, retweet that. that and someone, someone did catch it right away and say, he did, he did say, say hopefully. hopefully. Uh, so yeah. hopefully, hopefully it does come, come but at this, this point I'll wait, and uh, we'll, we'll see if we get it. it. Um, what about you, Ian? Have you put anything in yours? No, no I've, I've never done, done the dash, dash cam, cam thing. thing. Um, I don't, I don't know. know. I, 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 don't I never felt, felt like, like I really, really needed one. one. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to have it if this car has it, because I tend to do a lot more long-distance travel with it, so, you know, greater risk that something can happen. Certainly nice feature to have. But, uh, but uh, no, no, until now, it hasn't been a priority. Hmm. I see. Well, um, I did do an install on my Model X, and uh, never again. <laughs> That's a big job. I do highly recommend people get a professional to do that. I did it. I've done it. I'm good. Um, you know, a lot of people have been asking about this feature for some time, and my opinion's always been OEM implementations are generally not as good. Um, I mean, this would be the first time we actually see a dash cam, I think, actually implemented in, in software on a car, like from a manufacturer rather than being third party. I have a Blackview. I love it. It's been really great. Um, I've resisted the urge to upgrade to 4K because it's literally not something I ever look at. For me, it's just kind of a safety net. If anything ever happens from an insurance um, situation, at least I have, or, or somebody, God forbid, digs my door, whatever the case may be, at least I have that um, in the position. But uh, my opinion's always been, look, if you want a dash cam, go buy one. Don't wait for Tesla because otherwise you'll never get anything. And what happens in between? Like if you ever get in an accident and you need to prove anything and you don't have your dash cam, you'd be like, I should have bought the dash cam, you know? So just one of those things. But yeah, it just points to Tesla, you know, adding extra features to their software and some value add and stuff. So, uh, But I'll be curious to see, um, you know, how they actually implement that. Okay. 
Boy, we're going to go through some of these topics uh, quick because we want to get to the meat of the stories here um, this week. Um, it looks like the Tesla pickup truck has started development. This is my opinion. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that they've got a whiteboard and they've been writing things down. Of course, Elon took to Twitter a few days ago and started asking people, what would you like to see in the pickup truck? You guys saw this tweet storm and it was a flood of information. Um, some of the interesting stuff that I saw in there, I submitted the fact that I'd like to see something like a cab forward design, removable uh, bed would, would be really good. That way they could sell the sled to RV companies, campers, um, you know, uh, welding trucks, that kind of thing. It, make, it makes perfect sense. So hopefully they take that to uh, to heart. Uh, I saw some other people say, um, oh, actually my friend and Just, uh, Justin Wise, um, he's in the RV business. And he said, absolutely do not make the bed out of aluminum. I get that. Um, people toss tools in the back of their trucks. Uh, the F-150 has an aluminum bed, and uh, yeah, it's not pretty. gets damaged pretty good. Um, so yeah, he had some good salient points there. Um, some of the details that came out, you guys want to talk about the de- I'll let you take over, Michael. Why don't you uh, tell some people about some of the uh, some of the features that Elon tweeted out? Yeah, yeah and, and I'll say I've, I've never, never been, been a pickup truck, truck guy, guy, and as soon as, soon as Elon started tweeting, tweeting I, I, I wanted a pickup truck. truck. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's amazing. amazing. Uh, to, to me, the, the biggest thing was no need, no need for a generator. generator. So, so anyone going out into the field doing work, power, power tools, it, it even got me, I, I tweeted, I could charge, charge my Model 3 from the back, from the back <laughs> of a, <laughs> I of a Tesla that. pickup. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty neat. neat. Um, what was it, 300,000 pounds of towing and six seats? It's basically the greatest vehicle of all time. The one thing that caught my eye was uh, I remember some time ago Elon when he first started talking about the possibility of doing a pickup that he wanted to do something different he said I, I have some pretty good ideas and I don't know whether one of those ideas actually uh, is something that he tweeted about but he did mention that he thought it would be a good idea to do something different about the lift or the uh, tailgate now as you know most pickup trucks have a tailgate that drops down and he suggested what he wanted to do was put it on four arms hydraulic or otherwise and actually have it go down much like those um, uh, delivery trucks have, you know, where you got the bed that comes down to the ground where you can lift furniture up. I thought that was a great idea. Um, you know, obviously, maybe they can make that an option. It may not be standard and stuff, but, the, you know, it just shows some, there's some lateral thinking that's a little different uh, for most of the other manufacturers. Um, I did tweet to Elon. I said, well, you just let the cat out of the bag because, you know, now Ford's going to take that and run with it rather than you, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so... It, any opinions on what you think, how big this truck may be? I mean, six seats, big battery pack. I mean, remember when they introduced the Roadster? Um, they showed a picture of that, like, semi-truck made into a pickup and then a pickup sitting in the back. Do you think it actually could be that big? Uh, that's that's hard, you know. That's, that's a, a tough, tough one, one because, because you're, you're talking about something that would be like in a commercial truck size. Like, like I mean, that's, that's not, not going to fit in a lot, lot of standard parking spots. And I mean, it's, it's just, just going to be heavy, heavy expensive. I mean, it'd be, it'd be awesome. awesome. But, but, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to hit the, the heart the of the market. market. Uh, maybe, maybe they were kind of just floating an idea with that to see how far it would go. I can, I can certainly, certainly see them producing a range of vehicles, you know, like something in, in, in a compact, then a standard size one, and then maybe one of these monster ones, you know, <laughs> that's what you see, uh, like the F-450, 550, 550 series from, uh, 
from, from Ford, Ford, where you, where you have, have like commercial grade, grade. They're, they're, they're really like five, five ton, ton chassis, chassis with pickup bodies on. That, that seems to me what that, that looked like, like, that concept of it. So, so I, I, I could certainly see that having a market, market but, but I don't see it being, being a huge market. market. Like, you know, you know, you're, you're going to talk, it's, it's got to be a hundred thousand dollar truck at that point, point if not more. more. And then, yeah, there's, there's a market, market for those, but, you know, they, if, they, if they can come in at, you know, 50K or something like that as a base price, price they, they kill with this thing. <laughs> I know some people will probably make comments like, well, Tesla, you know, be a $100,000 truck, but, you know, if you look at a F-150 Raptor, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty expensive truck. I mean, I I don't know which one I saw in the local showroom, but, I, you know, when I had my Lincoln, I went in, they had one of the brand new F-150s there, and it was, you know, aluminum and stuff, and this thing was pushing 75000 Canadian, so it's not a cheap truck. Um, I know the F-150 sells in great volumes in the U.S., and, of course, there's a lot of pickups where I live and stuff. There's a case to be made. I mean, it's a great market for Tesla to get in. Uh, it makes perfect sense because that's one of the highest selling cars. But I mean, mm, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what their go to market strategy is for it as far as the pricing is concerned. Uh, we know Tesla is not keen on going on the low end of the market with anything True. that they do. So, um, but there, you know, there's some salient points in there. I mean, the 300,000 pound towing capacity, I mean, a Model X has already been demonstrated to show. Uh, 250,000 pounds when the Elon posted that, uh, that picture of them uh, pulling that muck. Uh, that muck rail car out of the bottom of uh, the boring company's hole there, that was 250,000 pounds. Uh, they pulled an airplane with it too. The thing is, you have to remember about towing capacity though, is what really matters is uphill. I mean, anybody can, I mean, if you have enough momentum, you can get something rolling. A human can actually pull that that kind of capacity. you got to get over that inertial, you know, uh, uh, inertia really to get things going. But what really matters is being able to pull uphill most trucks out there can advertise something like 15 to 20,000 pounds um, I know my parents used to have a fifth wheel that they would pull around 20 odd years ago and they had a big GMC and it had the dualies on the back and it would struggle and this was a purpose-built truck to pull these kind of things and he had to get an intercooler put into it for his transmission and so on and so forth so uh, I think there's some areas where an electric uh, pickup truck really does make sense uh, because you just don't have all these extra things you have to add. It's just torque, right? That's what matters, not horsepower. It's the torque. So I think I think an electric pickup truck makes absolute sense. But I think Tesla has to be careful on how they position this thing. Unless they have something up their sleeve we don't know about. Maybe they're going to do something on the low end of the scale, maybe on a Model 3 type platform. Who knows? Right. Well, that's what I'm... I, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. I didn't want to cut you out there. No, I was just quick on it. Um, you, you could, could do, do that. that. I mean, you, you could, could have, have like, like sort, sort of a lightweight, lightweight one. one. Imagine, you know, you know with, with all the, the torque performance you have in the Model 3 chassis, chassis but repurposed for hauling cargo, I mean, it, it would, would still have really impressive capabilities in what would be considered a compact class, like something the size of a Tacoma Ranger. Then, then you'd go up to something like, like a standard size pickup, and then, then again, you know, if they wanted to use a lot of hardware off the semi, then conceivably you could wind up with these monster commercial class trucks. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, any opinions on this? Or you know, now that you're a pickup guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think, I think you, guys you guys have already said, said it. it. It's, it's, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what they, they do, how many variants there are. More, more and more and more vehicles coming out. Coming out. Model, Model Y, obviously, as well. So, so suddenly they're going to go from having one, one car to lots of cars and lots of options. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I just hope they don't spread themselves too thin. They already have enough irons in the fire right now getting this Model 3, you know. Hey, there was my cat. (laughs) It just showed up. Anyhow. 
Okay, well, I think we bed that horse to a, a bit of a, a dead beat there. Um, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get into the big news here, which is uh, Model Three performance car has finally opened configurations as well as uh, some other stuff too. But let's let's dive into the um, to the Model Three configuration for a little bit. Um, so the performance car has uh, has finally come out for uh, for configure. Hello, Nutmeg. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just wants to go and look at the cats outside. Um, <coughs> Yeah, so they've made some changes. They've made some changes to this. So let me just pull up. Um, I've got a few different pictures here. Maybe I can pull up the first one. Now, unfortunately, I'm showing Canadian pricing here because I couldn't get into the U.S. configurator because, you know, when you have a reservation, all it shows you is wherever your locale is. But we're looking at um, 84.5. I can't read that. I don't have my reading glasses on. Uh, Ian, you have an opinion on this, obviously, because uh, you have a vested interest in this, do you not? must show restraint yes this totally and completely blew my mind the other night when i'm, I'm just sitting there screwing around on the computer my phone starts lighting up and i thought what what's going on and i looked down and it's like performance is configurable in canada because like so immediately i log into my account and i saw the pricing and no word of a lie i had to stare at the screen thinking there's some sort of an error i mean did they add some option package just to the dual motor like you know what i'm, I'm with you 100 percent on that because the first time i logged logged in too and i saw the price i had to do double take yeah i, I was like no this can't be right this must be american pricing yeah yeah because not. i mean you know like on, on previous episodes i went through that whole comparison with the excel chart and we had plotted out based on the U.S. MSRP okay. of 78000 what it was going to come to Canada. And I was dead to rights convinced we were going to be paying 102 End of story. It would have made perfect sense. That's the straight conversion everything else is. So when I see 84.8 on the screen, it was like, that's a mistake. So, <laughs> of course, instantly, I, I pressed configure, configure, configure. I was like having one of those IKEA moments, like, start the car, start the car. <laughs> yeah, like, they yeah, made yeah. a mistake. Like, <laughs> just let me configure it right now before it goes away. You know, like, Correct. and then I, you know, I spent a few more minutes looking at it. And the minute I understood that they decoupled a whole bunch of the, uh, the features that were previously, you know, tied into the performance car. Ah, now everything made sense. So, you know, uh, quick story is they overall dropped the price of the car. What I think about 6,000 bucks us. Then they decoupled, uh, the 20 inch wheels, the carbon spoiler, the aluminum pedals. Um, you don't, uh, well, there's a $2,000 option now if you want the white interior. So that's not Correct. technically included anymore. So right there, uh, that drops it again tremendously. So, uh, you can basically buy now a model three performance, as you see on the screen here with just standard 18 inch wheels, a standard black interior, uh, no spoiler, no funky pedals, uh, for 84.8 Canadian or uh, 64 US, which I'm going to have to do a whole new chart again. They just blew everything I was saying right out of the water. This car now is ultra competitive in its class, especially once you start factoring in the US tax credit. Sadly, that's the only target we missed. It was because we're still 9,000 over uh, in Canada, both for Quebec and for uh, Ontario, we can't get the rebate on it. Well, Canada, well, sorry, I should say Quebec can. We can still claim 3000 because cars between 75 and 125 in Quebec still qualify for a three grand. Hmm. So that was all the more reason. It's like, you know, but but still, they, they basically called my bluff. It's like, okay, Pavelko, you're bitching about the price in Canada? Here. <laughs> <laughs> now what are you going to do? So, of course, I had to beg, borrow, steal. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I, I plunged in head first. I think 10 minutes later, I... Uh, I had my thank you for congratulations. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was wild. I really, I was totally resigned to the fact that I was going to have a dual motor. No problem. Still going to be an incredible car for all those people just going to the straight dual. It's still going to be amazing. But this is going to be, ooh, you know, buckle up. Yeah, there may be some other changes, though, too, uh, particularly with the color. So black is still free. Um, all the colors except for silver and, or no, not silver, uh, uh, pearl white and multi-coat red, uh, they've increased 500 Canadian. I, I, and I haven't looked at the American pricing at this point, but they have gone up a little bit. So the, basically, um, they're matching what they're doing with the S and the X. Um, the other th thing that's changed too is a little bit of some price differences on uh, enhanced autopilot and full self-driving. They've, they've been jiggering with the pricing on that a little bit. And I do remember, I think it was the last financial call, Elon making, making an offhand remark that he thought that full self-driving was actually too cheap. Um, so we've definitely seen you know, some price changes there, especially if you buy after the fact. Like it used to be a $1,000 penalty. It's actually considerably more now. So I think there's some movement on that front, I guess, you know, for people that want the full self-driving, there's a bit of an incentive there. Like if you want it, buy it now because it's going to be really expensive after the fact, especially coupled with the fact that he did say that they're hoping to actually release some of the f initial parts of the full self-driving in the next few months. I think it was August, right? Um, so I think there's a push here to try and get people to get into this. I and I do know for a fact that a lot of the people that I spoke to, especially in the area where I am, uh, for people that bought the Model 3, that they skipped um, um, autopilot. Full self-driving is a given. Nobody bought it. Uh, but a remarkable amount of people did not buy enhanced autopilot. I think for some reason, you know, in some cases they didn't see value in it, or B, it was just stretching the budgets as it were. Um, some people said, well, I'll just buy it later on. But I think <laughs> I think now with the price increase, I'm like, some people probably be kicking themselves. I don't know. Um did, did you, Ian, you ordered autopilot? Yeah, I did. That's the only, well, I mean, I, I had to do Midnight Silver. Otherwise, my, my friends in the Midnight Silver Collective would, would come up here. The Midnight Silver Club, they're on the forum. Yeah. Yes, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, but that's, my heart was set on that color from the beginning. So, yes, that's, there's only two options I took this. So the uh, Midnight Silver color, and I did take autopilot. I have to say, I had a moment of hesitation, just because, again, I was really pushing the outer limits of the budget. It's like 6600 bucks Canadian. But again, because I want to do so much traveling in this car. And once you've had it, like I've had it in a couple of month rental, uh, rental Mod Lesses, it's just, it's so hard to give up. It's it's so cool just to be able to take that little, you know, kink out of your back and relax the, that hair. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, especially as I age and my night vision isn't as good as it used to be. And, you know, I get a little sleepy after 10 hours behind the wheel. I'm, it's not a substitute, but I like to know in that odd moment of inattention or whatever or not being able to make out something on the road it kind of has my back that's how i feel about it so it's not only is it a, a nice relaxation and convenience feature but i do honestly believe for those of us who enjoy driving like to be hands-on and looking out the window it's still it's like having that you know flight engineer on board kind of watching things for you yeah i, I agree 100 i mean uh, i can't imagine having my car without autopilot i mean i don't use it on the normal streets but on the highways it's great and i'm with you on the age thing i actually had to buy another pair of reading glasses today so yeah, yeah. not not so fun um but i will say i mean you guys are proving a point and i think i said this before midnight silver is absolutely the most popular color on the model three and like all three of the usual guests on this show are all part of the midnight silver club um, I was at the winery uh, this past weekend, and uh, I would say three-quarters of them were mid midnight silver, um, a little bit of white, a lot of red, and one or 
but did I steal silver? I'm sorry. One silver, a little bit of white, and um, some red. Silver is absolutely the least popular color on the Model 3. It just seems like that silver, you know, that, that, that fad of silver is passe. Midnight silver is the new is the new blue, as I say, right? Because everybody else is doing blue. Oh, midnight silver is the new silver. Remember in the 90s, it was teal. Everybody had the teal, right? And in the 80s, you had to have a brown car. It's just uh, colors are a fad thing, right? They come and go. Yeah, browns, browns are coming back, man. Browns are, are coming. I agree. On the high-end cars, I've seen a lot of BMWs and Mercedes that have that brown or that champagne color. It's coming back. And, and, you know, tor- Tesla had a couple of kicks at the cat as far as the brown is concerned. And I think they stopped a little too soon. I still love uh, titanium silver, and I miss it like you wouldn't believe. I would have got a Model X in that color had it been available. But, alas, second choice was white. Anyhow... Oh, yeah. So anything else on the uh, on the configurator front here that might have changed? I was just looking to see anything else on there. I think the other thing, well, let's 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 not let's not beat over that too much. Let's let's talk about the big elephant in the room, which is um, this this issue of production and deliveries. Um, You know, we're very close to uh, to the end of the quarter for Tesla. There's just a handful of days here. Um, Anybody have any thoughts on to uh, what Tesla is going to be announcing? Well, <clears throat> I have to imagine they're going to tell us that they've sold their 200,000th uh, U.S. car probably on about July 1st or July 2nd. Um, uh-huh. it, it just feels that way when we're seeing pictures of holding lots with cars all over the place. Why hold on to cars if for any other reason than to delay those, uh, those sales into Q3? I agree with you 100%. I'm going to bring up a little something here. I'm going to actually dive into this a little bit. And I know there's been a lot of talk about it on Twitter, and there's been a lot of talk on the internet about, you know, when there's 200,000 cars happening. And I, I, I just want to go back here and just kind of make a, a, a case for this. Um, we all know that Tesla is very close to selling the 200,000 car, delivering the 200,000 car in the U.S. And there's been a lot of talk about what is Tesla going to do to you know, play the system or whatever the case may be. So the first bit of evidence I want to bring up here is a tweet that Elon made on April 3rd, 2016. Uh, This uh, gentleman here, Ryan Casburn, had asked, Elon says, planning on delivering up to vehicle basically 199,909 and then waiting until the next two quarters to deliver the rest. And Elon responded, he says, we always try to maximize customer happiness, even if that means a revenue shortfall in a quarter. Loyalty begets loyalty. Now, this tweet has stuck in my mind forever. When I saw that, I thought, hmm, there is some evidence that they're going to do the right thing for people. So if you take that into context and you look at what's been happening over the last little while, uh, Tesla essentially took what amounts to most of May's production and shifted that over to Canada. And now we got all these pictures of thousands of cars sitting on holding lots in the U.S., uh, people in the U.S. have not been getting configuration emails for like the longest time, and then the floodgates just opened yesterday, right? I'm get I'm getting hundreds of tweets. Yay! I'm able to configure. It's all over Facebook. It's just like they just opened up the floodgates. So yes, I think you're absolutely right. This is what's really going on. I think Tesla is going to be announcing very good production numbers. I have a very good feeling Tesla has actually met their production goals for the Model Three. They've reached at least five thousand cars a week. However, they may announce that their delivery is a little lower from the last quarter because they've been holding back on purpose 
um, to make sure that everybody can qualify, as many people can qualify as humanly possible for the next couple of quarters uh, once they reach the threshold uh, that triggers the phase out. Um, and I think everything, all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together now. It's actually fitting. Um, any other discussion on, on this situation? Well, so interesting thing, just diving quickly back to the performance car. Uh, my wife really wants white Knight. It's her dream car. <laughs> Trev's model X is her dream car. We spec'd it out. It's like 96,000 us dollars. That, that's a lot. It also probably doesn't even fit in our garage. We'd figure something out, I guess. I mean, you know, it's, but, it's, hold on. I don't mean to interrupt here, but I just have yeah. to point something out here today. When I was washing my car, my wife was gone. She took her car out of the garage and I went, Hmm. So I decided to try and fit it in the garage with summon. And someone just said, someone would not have anything to do with it. Just too <laughs> It just went, forget it. I, I just, just, it's not going to happen. So anyways, I thought I'd put that out there because people have been asking me. Anyways, carry on. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, sorry. So I was just going to say, very interesting thing is that the least expensive white knight is now a Model 3 performance. White on white, uh, 67000 US to get the car. That's pretty reasonable for what you're getting. And if you look at the delivery timeframes, I think we could order today, configure today, and still get it before the end of the year and get the $7,500 credit as well. So we're, we might be ordering another Model 3 in the next couple of days here. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> well, I Unfortunately, do hers will be faster than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on the forum today, Michael, and I was I, I was just like... Yes, it's like I said, unassailable logic. You can't question with, with her thinking on this. It is indeed by far the bargain if you want a white interior Tesla. So I think but, you have to but, do it. But, dude, you don't get the windshield. And you don't get the Falcon wing doors. And you don't get, uh, you know, the fancy yeah. seats and stuff. Uh, oh, well, you know, it's not for everybody. I get that. Yeah, no, there's something to be said for, for the white seats. I mean, I, I know it's not for everybody. But, and uh, you know, they're easy to clean. You have to keep on top of them. Anyways, I, I did a detailing video today. You guys can watch that later. Anyways, um yeah, uh, yeah. The the stormtrooper look is 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 pretty nice. Um, yeah. So, have you put a deposit down? Are you seriously thinking about it? Or don't know. What well, she hasn't even doing? she hasn't driven my car yet, so I think that's going to happen Are you tomorrow. Serious? Yeah. Wow. Uh, After all this time, she still hasn't driven your car. Tomorrow, that's going to change, and uh, then she's not going to want to put gas in a car anymore. So, oh, well, yeah, this will probably happen. Yeah that 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 will be <laughs> the clincher. Well, you know, it usually needs a few days for that to kind of sink in, but I don't miss the gas station in the least. Um, you know, you're not too far behind. Of course, you have a Volt, which is actually pretty good on gas, all things considered. Yeah, I do about 80% of my mileage in a year uh, on the battery, so that's that's not a big deal. I mean, I, I because I live, you know, 10 minutes from work, so it's not a big deal. So it's really just the long trips. Uh, and even when I run to downtown Montreal, I mean, I can even beating the thing, I can still get, you know, 30 odd miles out of the battery. It's enough to get me into town, plug it in, charge it, you know, and uh, come home. So Awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, I just want to take a moment here and just give a little bit of plug to one of our sponsors here, the great folks at Fine Lab. Uh, did you know that recent changes in environmental laws, most modern cars factory paints are thinner, softer, and more fragile than ever before? This is great for the world we all love and share, but not so great for your brand new car's showroom shine. Teslas are no exception to this rule and are extremely susceptible to UV damage, fading, swirl marks, bird droppings, acid rain marks, and other environmental contaminants. 
But don't worry, as Fine Lab has the answer, our line of ceramic coatings were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to, to ruin your brand new baby. Fine Lab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the DIYer and the professional detailer. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check out Fine Lab, that's F-E-Y-N-L-A-B.com, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. So big thanks to the guys at Fine Lab. Um, I have the product on my car and I love it and I highly recommend you check it out. Okay, so uh, maybe we can take a few minutes here and take some uh, some questions maybe from the chat. And I forgot to uh, put it out on Twitter. I was just very occupied in getting this thing. Um, so if anybody has any questions, I'll just uh, send out a quick uh, questions for our guests and see if anybody can get in uh, some questions here. Let's just see who's online here tonight. We've got Jennifer. We've got Tim Price. Uh, a whole bunch of different people into the thing here. So Glenn... Hmm. Any other thoughts here while we wait for some questions to come in, Phelps? Trev. Yeah. I ordered a performance model three. (laughs) 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 You will not be sleeping for the next few. What's your ETA anyways? Did they give you an ETA on that? Uh, it says August to October, so you could drive a couple of buses through that window, but I don't care. It's, it's, I, in my mind, I, I thought there was a chance I'd get a car this fall, and that falls right in line. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if it starts to tighten up. I don't know at what point they, uh, they start to become more precise with it, you know, or if you go from vague, 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 okay, your delivery date is X. It'll be interesting to see, but, uh. As long as it's coming, I, I, I'm of you know it's it's win win for me. If the car comes sooner, great, I get the car sooner. If it comes later, it means I can try and eke a little bit out of my my stock investments to try and pay for for some of this monstrous bill that's coming. Uh, so I'm I'm good either way. Hmm. Okay, so uh, let's see here. We got a question. I'm going to read this one off. I know it's a it's a bit of a Canadian question, but it seems to be on and on everybody's lips right now. Uh, where did it go? Um, I have to go back up here. Sorry about that. So a um, gentleman named Tim Price, he says, wondering, uh, do you think the conservatives will phase out the $14,000 rebate or just get rid of it abruptly? And uh, will it even be there by January when the base model begins? Now, he's asking um, about the Ontario, Canada, $14,000 EHVIP enhanced, or no, uh, electric hybrid vehicle incentive program. Anyway, um, so we have a new government and uh, the premier... Uh, has made his case that he doesn't seem to want to do anything uh, as far as our environmental issues are concerned. And he's hell-bent on canceling our cap-and-trade program, which we share with uh, Ontario and uh, California. So everybody is panicking right now, trying to figure out whether they qualify for this rebate or not. Of course, now with the Performance Model 3 and the all-wheel drive, they're not on the uh, Ministry of Transportation Ontario's uh, approved list yet. Um, So... You know, you can't apply for the rebate, of course, until you get the car. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of talk, uh, talk about this. I've had some private conversations with some people that have sent me tweets um, that have had conversations with uh, with Mr. Ford. And the consensus seems to be that um, he seems to think that if you ordered a car, now I don't, don't quote me on this, um, but he's not going to go back and retroactively get rid of the rebates. So if, if you if you got a car in July, he's not going to claw it back. Um, there seems to be some kind of movement, perhaps, on grandfathering a certain amount of cars 
um, whether it's an order, a firm order, who knows. We'll have to wait and see. He actually uh, takes oath tomorrow. So uh, we'll see what transpires with that. I've also been told that the rebate in Ontario is not, um, is not a, a law. It's, um, it's just something that they do. It's part of the cap-and-trade thing. Um, so because it's not a law, he could literally call the Ministry of Transportation Ontario office and say, no more rebates, click. And that's all it would take. And they would just have to stop issue, you know, processing the rebates and, and you know, process what's already in um, thing, um, that's already in process. But anybody else who's applying for it would get cut off. So it really remains to see just how fast he can actually act on these things. He's made a, a you know a pretty good case that he wants to ca- uh, cancel the situation. So the rebates, even though they're funded by the cap and trade program, they're not they're not by law. So they're a, almost like a separate entity. So that could be canceled at any time. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I really hope that they would put some kind of grandfather clause in there because I know a lot of people are counting on this rebate. So um, our point's not really get political about this whole thing, but uh, it is something that uh, that's on everybody's mind. So I'll just leave it like that, and we'll see what transpires. I'll be following it very closely. Watch my Twitter feed. If anything happens, I'll, I'll let you know as soon as possible. Uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, maybe a couple other questions. Do-do-do. What's the fastest charging? Um, Pooh Bear Kretu says, what's the fastest charging rate anyone has seen? Um, Michael, I'm just curious to see what kind of uh, charge rate have you gotten on your Model 3? Michael, anyone? <clears throat> sorry, I was on mute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember because it's been a little while since I supercharged, uh, to be honest. Um, what was it? Uh you know, Trev, I'm actually, I'm drawing a blank. It, my road trip was already two months ago, and I haven't supercharged since. Um, I am going to, I'm gonna, working on a, on a charging video Tuesday, so it's good timing. Oh, good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you guys next week. Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, the highest I've ever seen on my Model X, given its bit, different battery technology, of course, the different cells, uh, 106 kilowatts. Most of the time, it's been about 96, somewhere in there. That's about, 96 is about the highest, but the other day I got 106. So, uh, but the Model 3 charges like a beast. So it's, there's something going on in there. That's a little different. Uh, let's see here. I believe the non-Tesla owner has, has, has beat you both. I actually, uh, when I was in Las Vegas with the Model S, I was getting like 114 or something. Holy like mackerel, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I was uh, pretty much alone in the whole place, and it was a warm, just maybe the right temperature and everything else, because it was pretty warm. Temperature, state of charge, all of the things matter. I've noticed, yeah. I mean, I did some testing in the winter months when I got my car. If the battery's cold, and, well, on the Model X, you can turn on long-range mode. Of course, you don't have that on the Model 3, but that turns off the battery heater. So all these little things. So I got in the habit, if I wanted some extra range, because in the winter months, it really does affect the car. So I would turn on um, range mode, and about... 45 minutes before I was to reach my uh, supercharging destination, I would actually turn it off and that would start heating up the battery. And uh, that would basically guarantee that I would get at least 50 kilowatts, uh, a charge rate, you know, I plugged into the supercharger because if I didn't do that, it would be pretty cold um, and it wouldn't work all that well. So anyway, these are all things you learn as you, as you go. Uh, Let's see here. Let's take uh, one more question. I lost my mouse here. Where's it going? Yeah, everybody's talking about uh, charge rates right now. We're moving on to something else, folks. Let's see here. 
Um, Grando says, hey, what do you and your guests feel about cars like BMW M3, M4, and Mercedes C-AMG with the Performance Model 3 price that it is now? Well, Ian, that's your baby. <laughs> What's yeah. your opinion? Yeah, you know, minutes before we uh, we came on the air, I thought, damn, I should have um, thought of re- rejigging my price chart to see where those cars fall in. Um, because it does change things dramatically. I mean, it really, you know, uh, especially in the U.S., where you can get the tax credit on the three, ooh-wee, that's really going to put it in, in the heart and soul of the game. Uh, it's going to beat the U.S. Uh, M3 pricing, hands down. I mean, it's pretty much close to level now. Uh, you throw in the tax credit, and the M3 uh, is more expensive than the Model 3 Performance now. Now, you know, of course, you're not getting the same level of wheel and tire. You're getting just a basic Michelin Touring tire if you don't equip it with the performance upgrade package, which is another $6,600. So l- let me tell you what, for uh, for everyone interested, I'll, I'm going to rejigger that uh, that price comparison chart. Uh, I'll do one for the U.S. and for Canada, and we can make it a good little talking point. Because, yeah, there's, this is a major game change this week. No, I, I agree 100%. You should update the uh, spreadsheet. We'll have it at a talking yep. point in a future podcast, and we'll be able to do a better comparison. Yeah. Um, here's another question here from Brian Bull. It says, uh, thoughts on how long the tent will be there forever or more in the future? Now, what he's talking about, of course, is this uh, GA4, the General Assembly 4 line that Tesla built in about two weeks. Um, there's some really good pictures out there. I think uh, Fred Electric just put out an article talking about this. And uh, the consensus is, that the tent um, appears to be a permanent structure. Um, you have to be careful. People are calling it a tent. It's it's more than a tent. It's more like a permanent hangar. Uh, it's built as some very strong stuff. I mean, uh, and I think it's a permanent structure um, until Tesla deems that they may need to build something a little more permanent around it in, in traditional things. Um, the nice thing about these these um, these um, there's a word for this this thing, but anyways, I'll call it a tent for lack of a better name. Uh, uh, these things can be erected very quickly and it's not the first time Tesla's done this they've done it at the Fremont factory many times before Um, when I was there last year they had some of these tents erected uh, where they were housing some of the production equipment for the Model 3 as as temporary until they were installing it so this is not out of the ordinary for them Um, it also falls into some of their plans to expand the Fremont factory Um, they have a certain footprint and they put out a plan, I think it was a couple of years ago in 2016, where they wanted to double the size, well, almost double the size of the factory in by building some different structures in the different areas that they could and changing the parking lots around and so on and so forth. Because they're bursting at the seams. They just have no more room to grow in this factory. So the bottom line, this tent is here to stay. Whether they dismantle it and actually erect a more permanent you know, hard structure around it remains to be seen, but I don't think this is the first. The, this is the last time we've seen we've seen of anything like this. Um, there will be more as production increases. Uh, it also falls into my belief that as they move forward with more cars, obviously the Model Y can't be done in Fremont. They've they've made that pretty obvious um, that they're going to have to announce somewhere else. My I'm still thinking it's going to be at the Gigafactory. They're going to be expanding the gigafactory i think in the next little while whether that requires a capital raise that's that's a discussion for another day um plus the fact i think uh, you know tesla's i think they're going to be profitable very soon you know with the fact that uh, model 3 production when they announce the numbers will will finally uh, you know relieve a lot of people because they've been talking about getting to 5,000 cars a week for quite a while now and i we're there now i'm pretty sure of it so it remains to be seen what's going on right there. So I, that's that's my thought on the tents. You guys have any uh, any thoughts on that before we move on to the next one? Maybe. Well, I, I would add more important than worrying about the fact that it's a tent 
Um, Elon said the quality coming off of that line is slightly better. So that's a great sign. I, I really don't care if it's a tent, if it's a building, if it's something in between. All that matters is is the speed and the quality. And if you've got both, fantastic. Build more of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I just got inspired. I think I'm going to come up with a new line of shirts. My car was built in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> yours well you know i'm with michael on this i mean who cares they could be building in the boring tunnel in the boring company tunnel for all i cared at the end of the day you get the car is the quality the same that's what matters it's california you know you can build it out in a park if they had to not that big of a deal anyhow it looks like that's about the end of our questions for tonight um any last thoughts guys before we sign off for this evening uh no i well the only thing i'll say is i'm I don't know if I can say patiently anymore. I really want summon. I, I cannot wait to move my car with my phone. And I feel like a little kid waiting for a remote control car. And uh, I'm just, I keep watching my phone to see uh, the alert for the update. That's eh, a party trick. You'll do it once and you'll be like, okay, done it. You'll never use it again. <laughs> I've, 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 I've literally not used summon for anything practical. It's always been a party trick. It gets people's attention. Um, of course, with a Model X, more people want to see the little, you know, the Christmas show. That's that's a common thing. But um, most people don't even know about Summon. And, you know, when the Christmas show, I say, I oh, haven't seen anything yet. Watch this. But literally, that's the only time I've actually ever used Summon, other until today, just to test the fact that if I could get it in the garage or not. But uh, anyways, yes, I know a lot of people want to see Summon, but I'm like, it's a party trick. Eh, whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's sign off on this one. Uh, so, uh, Michael, where can people find you on the Internet? You can now find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook um, under the new name Tesla Tunity, as well as on the forums uh, under SoFlaw Model 3. Excellent. Yes, please subscribe to you, uh, to Michael's channel. I'll put a link in the uh, video description, and you guys can check it out. He's got some good, good quality stuff there. How about you, Ian? Where can people find you if they want to chit-chat with Mr. Pavelko? Uh, easiest way is at Ian Pavelko uh, on Twitter. Um, Trevor, you normally throw our handles up there, so Pavelko, P-A-V-E-L-K-O, Ian. And uh, on the forum, Mad Hungarian uh, on model3ownersclub.com. Uh, I'm on there on a fairly regular basis. Uh, any specific questions about wheels and tires, that's my specialty. And uh, then, of course, if you're looking for one of the uh, now infamous um, Evolve shirts, you can find those at teespring.com. Just look up Matt Hungarian Evolve and you'll find my storefront. And we've uh, solved the problem of the missing sizes and colors. I've got uh, these new Next Level uh, series shirts, which are the same quality as the American Apparel. And they're available in every conceivable size and color and everything else. So if you want your new Evolve shirt in the exact color of your dreams, it is available now at teespring.com. Matt Hungarian Evolve. Great. Thanks a lot. I'll put a link uh, to your T-shirts in the uh, video description if you guys want to check out. I love a shirt. I wear it on a regular basis. Anyhow, that's it for this week, folks. We uh, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. So have a good night, and we'll see you later. Bye for now.